And now, Audio Theater Central. Hello and welcome to Audio Theater Central. This is the show that's all about family-friendly audio drama. I'm JD, and this is episode 147. Yes, I am alone for this introduction to the episode. I'll explain that in a few moments. But first, I want to let you know what we've got coming up in this episode. We've got an interview with Adam Morgan, who is currently the executive producer of the Patch the Pirate audio drama series. We've got a few audio drama tidbits to get to that I'm really excited to share with you. And Roy is going to be hopping in here momentarily to deliver a newscast. It is pre-recorded. Roy is not here with me. And here is the reason why. I am actually sitting in my car recording this episode right now because I had a waterline break in my home. For those who don't know, our studio is a room in my home, and that is where we record the podcast. The waterline broke in a bathroom, which is right next to our studio, and water had been leaking inside the wall before the actual break happened, and it had been leaking in there for a handful of months, and there was mold growing in there. So, to make a long story short, to get all of this cleaned up, there have been crews in and out of my house for uh, several days now, and will be for several more days, possibly several weeks, and I have industrial fans and air purifiers and dehumidifiers running inside my home, which make it impossible for us to record. They are so noisy. It sounds like having a lawnmower running in your home constantly. And frankly, the noise is starting to drive me a little crazy, but that's beside the point. Anyway, we could not record in the house at all. And the only option available was for me to record this episode as I'm doing sitting in my car in my driveway. And I have a portable digital recorder and microphone and my notes on a tablet. So that's what you get for this episode. It's not ideal. Not what any of us had had planned or wanted to happen, but that's the way the cookie crumbled, so to speak. So that's what we've got. But we've still got some great content coming up for you. And speaking of great content, Roy, why don't you take it away with the newscast? Dream Realm Enterprises has released episode one of their audio drama adaptation of Jane Eyre. It is produced by Rachel Pulliam as part of their showcase classic series. The first installment takes us up to Jane Eyre's departure to Lowood and features Glenn Haskell in the role of Mr. Brucklehurst. St. Benedict Radio Theater has released the cover art and a trailer for their upcoming release, The Invisible Man. This is an adaptation of the Father Brown mystery by G.K. Chesterton, not the novel by H.G. Wells. Featured in the cast will be members of the Autodrama Alliance as well as familiar names such as Rich Swingle, Brian Kirk, and Glenn Haskell as Father Brown. Lamplighter Theater has now released Volume 1 of the much-anticipated audio drama, The Hidden Hand. This 14-episode dramatization is set in the 19th century in the hills of western Virginia and stars Katie Lee in the lead role of Capitola. In other Lamplighter news, the first of the two new productions they just recorded this year is now available for pre-order. Dash to Pieces is a tale of early Christianity and the listener is dropped right into the middle of the Roman Empire and all its turmoil. Eternal Future Productions has released a soundtrack of the score for Season 1 of Pirateers. It is available on all major streaming platforms. And speaking of Pirateers, Episode 1 of Season 2 just dropped on April 1st. The team plans to release each episode of the 7-episode season on the first Tuesday of every month. In between regular episodes will be bonus content, such as music samples of the Season 2 soundtrack and possibly some behind-the-scenes material. Links to all these items are in the show notes. That is it for the news this time. I'm Roy. 
reporting for Audio Theater Central. All right. Thank you so much, Roy. And as he said, links to all of those news items are in the show notes. AudioTheaterCentral.com slash 147. Now, just to clarify one of those points, he actually did record this a couple of days ago. And since then, Dash to Pieces, the Lamplighter Theater production that he mentioned, is now actually available for purchase. So be sure to grab your copy of that. All right. Now, a few tidbits to get to before we jump into the interview. On the blog, in case you missed it, our reviewers have been really busy lately cranking out some amazing in-depth looks at some really fantastic audio drama productions. We had a review written by Austin Peachy, a review of End of Darkness, which is a biblical audio drama adaptation, which we have referenced here in the past on the show, but it is now available and there's links in the show notes to that review, which includes all the links that you'll need to grab your own copy. Yes, I realize that we just passed Easter, but it's still it's still not too late to celebrate the sacrifice that Christ made for us and, you know, listen to some great audio drama about that topic. Now, speaking of that topic, there is also a review of The Gospel of Mark written by Robert Thacker, another one of our reviewers and contributors here at ATC. And this is produced by the company Graphic Audio, and it is a very unique audio drama production. And I might even say that the, and I may have even said this in my initial reactions review of this production for the backstage pass holders, but this production contains one of the most moving crucifixion scenes of any audio drama or any audio production that I've heard. And it was just just extremely well done. And uh, pardon the noise there. A neighbor just drove by or pulled into their house. And their muffler is a little noisy. But Robert did a great job reviewing that. So you'll definitely want to check that out. And also, our newest contributor, Joa, posted a review of some Jane Austen audio drama adaptations. Many of you are familiar with her work, Pride and Prejudice, which is probably her most well-known. And we have talked about an adaptation of that that was done by Lifehouse Theater on the Air several years ago. And um, Joa takes a look at some BBC radio adaptations and some Audible originals and kind of compares and contrasts those two uh, versions of all of Jane Austen's novels. They took every single one and adapted them. So this is not just Pride and Prejudice, but Sense and Sensibility and all of the rest of them. So that is a great review that you'll want to check out. Also, a bit of time travel. One of the Audio Drama Alliance members and one of the one of the best Adventures in Odyssey episode reviewers that's out there, in my opinion, uh, Ben Kempf has been writing at Odyssey and Abroad for quite some time and writes great Odyssey reviews, but he's producing his own audio drama called A Bit of Time Travel, which uh, if you're a regular listener, you know, we've mentioned it here in the past, but I wanted to play a teaser that uh, he recently released for his next upcoming episode. Sounds like it's going to be epic. So I'm going to drop that here now. Check it out. There's a unique, otherworldly beauty that ruins half, wouldn't you agree? A beauty that makes us stand back in awe at the sight of them, even today. That is how I hope the world sees our buildings one day. Imagine it. If done properly, those standing at the end of time would think our buildings had been built very near the beginning of it. What was that? What happened to the plane? Welcome to ancient Greece. 490 BC, to be exact. How can you believe your absence has been worth it? Where I come from, we have a king, and he will turn us into a mighty people. If you had walked in there, I would have allowed the crowd outside to tear you to pieces. 
So I'm really excited to hear that episode. It's been in the works for a while, and he's got some great people involved in the cast there. So really, really looking forward to that upcoming episode. And speaking of Audio Drama Alliance members, as Roy mentioned there in the newscast, Eternal Future Productions Season 2 of Pirateers is out now. It's starting now. And I was very privileged to be able to play a role in that audio drama. So go ahead and check that out if you want to hear that. Produced by Eternal Future Productions. And I got to play a pirate called Smitty. And uh, that's that's a really fun show. I think you should check it out. You'll like it. Now, we have mentioned in the past that Portrait Family Media was working on launching an internet radio station. Well, that radio station has launched. PFM Radio is online now. So if you go to pfm.link slash radio, it'll take you right to the page where you can click a button and play, see the last few songs that have been aired on the station, see the lineup of programming that we have for audio dramas on the weekends. And right now we're currently playing The Brinkman Adventures, Lamplighter Theater, Patch the Pirate, Your Story Hour. So some great options to check out these audio dramas as they're airing. And that's every Saturday. So again, that address is pfm.link slash radio. And if you do enjoy the station and you like what we're playing over there, we'd love to have you uh, donate. And there's a there's a link there on the that page, which will allow you to send over a donation. And that will go towards helping us take this station to commercial free. So right now it is supplemented by advertising. And it's only a few minutes of ads in every hour of broadcast time. So it's not too bad, but we would love to be able to remove those completely and we would need support to do that. So check that out if you're interested. Now, a couple of more items here that are also very important. The Seneca Awards for 2020 submissions are closing on April 15th. So a few more days left to get your submissions in. TheSenecas.org is the link to find out all of the information you'll need. Also, if you have a business that has a product or service that you think would fit and be applicable to our audience, who are obviously avid consumers of audio content and fans of audio drama specifically, and of course, industry folks. So we get both sides of the spectrum there in our, in terms of our audience for that show. We're looking for sponsors. If you have something that you think would fit, be sure to contact us, thesenecas.org. All right, two more items here. The Audio Bible Super Production, which we have talked about here in the past, they had launched a crowdfunding campaign last year in 2020 to help fund this amazing dramatization of the entire Bible. And this was not going to be like an audio Bible. This is full dramatization with sound effects recorded on location in Jerusalem and throughout the Holy Land. And the samples that we've heard were absolutely amazing. Well, as you most likely know, uh, this thing called a pandemic happened and everything basically got, you know, put on hold. Well, I'm very happy to share that they are continuing with this project and they are currently recording all of the uh, actors in Hollywood. So I don't have much more information beyond that. If you recall, when we talked about it previously, they had done a version of this Bible production in Polish. The team is originally from Poland and now They're taking this to the English-speaking world. And so, of course, they're having to re-record all of the dialogue and all of the the actors. So that's in the process. There is a link to their website if you want a little bit more information about that. But it is continuing. And our last item here. Last little tidbit is just a quick shout-out to the ATC listener who let us know about this, but they sent in a text to our feedback line, 623-688-2770, and let us know about an audio dramatization uh, by a brand-new group that has entered into this world. Uh, they're called Audio Stories. 
Kind of a generic sounding name there, but that's what they chose. Audio Stories, all one word, and their website is audiostories.life. Their first production was released last year. It's called Nativity. It is a five-episode dramatization of The Birth of Christ. Uh, I've not listened to the entire thing yet myself, but I have listened to a little bit of the first episode. I liked what I heard. We'll definitely be checking into this a little more. They do have plans to produce more content, more mini-series like this one. This first one, Nativity. And so there will be more content coming from them. So we will definitely be keeping up on that and let you know once we find out uh, what's going on with them. All right. So that's all for the tidbits. Links for all of those items are also in the show notes, as always. So you definitely want to hit up the show notes at audiotheatercentral.com slash 147 to get all of that information. All right. So I'm really, really excited about this interview. We've had it in the works for quite some time. Schedules just could not align. And we finally made it happen. Austin Peachy, regular contributor here to our blog and on the podcast on several occasions, was able to conduct this interview with Adam Morgan. And Adam is the president of Majesty Music. He is an attorney and a South Carolina state representative and he is the executive producer for the Patch the Pirate audio drama series, which is airing on PFM Radio, by the way. Just got to drop in that plug again. <laughs> but uh, we wanted to, you know, find out a little bit more about some of the origins of the show, how Adam got involved in it initially. And so, you know, we have had listeners tell us in the past, you've got to check out Patch the Pirate, you know, and... and this is not a show that I grew up with, and I know that a lot of you actually did grow up listening to this show and have a history with it and really enjoy it, and I know that Austin is one of those, and so I knew he was the perfect one to handle this interview. I have not listened to nearly as many of these productions as Austin has. We have kept up on them in the past few years because of the Seneca Awards, and I really like what they're doing. It's obviously a show geared towards younger kids. But they do such a great job with it, and there's always little jokes in there that adults can pick up on that I really like, and I appreciate that they do that. So, without any further ado, here is Austin's interview with Adam Morgan. Hello, everybody. This is Austin Peachy again, and it is my pleasure to be talking today to the president of Majesty Music and one of the creative forces behind the Patch of Pirates series, and that person is Adam Morgan. Welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, Austin. It's good to be with you. So for those that aren't familiar with Majesty Music, could you give a little background on it and also a little bit of a summary on Patch the Pirate? Yeah, so uh, Majesty Music was uh, founded in the 60s uh, by my grandparents-in-law, if that's a thing, uh, Frank and Flora Jean Garlock. Uh, it was started as a music publishing company, and then it kind of turned into book publishing, and they published a hymnal. And then uh, my father-in-law came on in the late 70s, and he lost his eye to cancer. And at that time, he had been writing music and kind of had started writing some kids' songs. And of course, when he lost his eye to cancer, uh, the first thing that the kids in his church, when he went back to lead the kids' group, uh, the first thing they, they said to him was, you look like a pirate. And uh, he said in his characteristic way, well, I am a pirate. <laughs> and uh, that, oh, are you, are you serious? You are? And he goes, yes, and you can call me Patch the Pirate. And of course, he was just being silly because he did that kind of stuff a lot. But all the kids went and told all their parents and all their other kids. And he literally never lived the name down. And so here we are, you know, 30, 40 years later. And most of the people that know him know him as a Patch the Pirate. Um, and he kind of took that idea because uh, he was already writing kids songs. And uh, they said, hey, what if we turned it into a script and kind of a story adventure because they had the kids songs. So we wrote just fun characters with Patch and uh, his wife uh, joined the crew. She was a sissy seagull. She was actually, I think, supposed to be a person. Uh, but the day of, she had laryngitis and she could barely talk. And so um, she could barely squeak and squawk. So she was like, oh, just make me a bird. So that's how she became sissy seagull. And then they had other characters like a whale and some oysters, stuff like that. Anyway, and so they released that adventure. Uh, I think it was called Sing Along with Patch the Pirate. And it, it really just took off. It was kind of unexpected. They just thought they were going to do one recording. And uh, the 
thing that Patch always joked, or the we call him Patch, by the way. I should say that that's his name is Ron Hamilton, but everybody calls him Patch, including his family. But the thing he always said was that parents, the kids would say, oh, we want another one. Are you going to make another one? And parents would say, oh, Patch, we've got to have another one. We're sick and tired of this one. <laughs> because the <laughs> Kids listen to it over and over and over again. Anyway, so next year they did another one. And then the year after that, they did one. And it just kept growing and growing. And uh, people kept asking for them. So they've done one a year uh, since I think 70, 78 or 79. Um, so we're pushing, I think we're doing our 42nd one now. And so it's a lot of fun to do. We just came out with Mystery Island, which is the latest one. And uh, yeah, that's the backstory. That's awesome. Well, on the series, there are several crew members, kids, which a lot of them are played by Ron Hamilton's children and then grandchildren. And one of those uh, kids was Megan Hamilton, who you actually married. Yes, I guess I skipped that in the bio. <laughs> in the bio. I, I miss my wife. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the <laughs> the fi- the finish of the of the backstory is so yeah. Ron and Shelley did the Patch Adventures for uh, I think thirty some years, and then in two thousand fifteen, my wife and I were actually dating. I don't think we had even gotten engaged yet. And Patch asked us if we would work on one of the scripts uh, for Kilimanjaro. Oh, you know, it was fourteen, two thousand fourteen. Anyway, uh, so we wrote that story, and uh, Megan, my wife, well, my girlfriend at the time wrote a bunch of the music and then he asked us to produce it which I was in law school at the time so you know taking the weekend off from studying tort law and property law to produce a children a children's adventure with talking elephants and you know <laughs> talking seagulls was a little uh, unexpected and different but we had a blast and we really loved doing it and he patch was happy with the product and he said you know I want you to write the whole next one, you guys just write it and direct it and produce it and everything. And uh, that next one was Ocean Commotion. And uh, so we, we did it, wrote and produce it. And uh, so now we've done all of them since then. That's awesome. Actually, I, I will have to say Ocean Commotion is probably one of my favorite Patch of Pirate albums. Yeah, it's a it's a classic one now, which is crazy because it, it doesn't seem that old. But uh, one of the kids that listened to it is is in high school now, and that's when it hit me. I was like, "No, we're young," <laughs> but I guess we're getting old now. So yeah, it's a, a ocean. A interesting fact for people that uh, listen to Patch and, and like it and follow it: uh, Ocean Commotion is actually tied with Mister Slippy River Race as the best selling Patch adventure. So, which is kind of an indication of a, you know obviously a fan favorite. So uh, it's one of the one of the favorites. That's really cool. So how did you meet Megan? So we were in high school together, um, high school sweethearts, but we actually were not high school sweethearts. We had one class, I think, the entire three years that we were in high school together. We knew each other, but then we went to college together. You know, we worked on it. We were on student council together, so we worked together, but we were always dating other people. And then uh, come, I guess it was when I was in law school, we ran into each other I think at a church, she was traveling on an evangelistic team and I was in law school and started talking again. And her brother was very encouraging. You guys need to you know, hang out. I think you guys would work out together. So anyway, so I asked her out and we uh, had a blast and we actually went to a Bible study <laughs> so, um, with a group of people, which was one of the first times we hung out. And it was with several unsaved uh, or unbelieving you know, people that were just kind of there to kind of see what Christianity was about, see what the book that we were studying at that time. And I, watching her witness to people and just hearing her thought processes. And, and she says the same thing about me. It's like that was almost like the moment where we both knew. And we'd only like hung out like two times on a date. But it's like we both knew like this is somebody that, that I think I want to, um, you know, that I want to marry. <laughs> so we didn't get married immediately, though. We dated for a little bit longer. So. Well, that's a really cool story. Thank you for sharing that. So, did you grow up listening to Patch the Pirate? I did, yes. I grew up in uh, in Texas, uh, and that's the first time I heard it. I would have been probably two or three. I don't even know. And so, yeah, I grew up on it all the way through. Never imagined that I would have uh, ended up marrying uh, the princess. But actually, when we when we met in high school... Um, the high school I was going to, I think the one of the first days, one of the classes that I actually did have with Megan, somebody pointed out and said, hey, do you know who that is? And I was like, no. And they're like, that's Princess Pirate. 
And I was like, who? <laughs> and they're like, you know, Princess Pirate from Patch the Pirate. And, and my, I, my mind was blown. I was like, wait, they're real people? Like, what? <laughs> so, anyway. Wow. So, were you kind of starstruck when you met her father? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, really both. I was a little starstruck when I met her. But, uh, yeah, definitely when... Um, when I met both her parents, because, uh, you know, if you, if you grow up on uh, something, really any anything from your childhood, you know, you view them a certain way or you have this concept of it. So to actually hear the voice of somebody that you listen to for so many times or if you, you know, listen to falling asleep at night to the singing, it's like you hear the voice and you're like, wait, I know you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always cool. Unfortunately, I've never been able to uh, meet Ron Hamilton, but I have met a few people from Adventures in Odyssey and seeing the people in person, you know, the people, the voice of the, the voice of your childhood is always is always an incredible experience. Yeah, it's really I had the same thing when I met I think it was Connie from Adventures in Odyssey. And I heard her voice behind me. It was at, I think it was at a conference. And it's just that immediate, wait a second, you turn and it's somebody that seems so familiar to you and yet you don't even know them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've, so I've had that a couple times. So recently, because of Ron Hamilton's uh, failing health, the character of Patch Pirate was being phased out of the series. And two of the albums that addressed that were The Incredible Race and The Final Voyage. What was the inspiration for the stories for those two albums? Yeah, so the reason that we chose to do The Incredible Race and The Final Voyage, the way we ended up doing it was basically just because of the new physical realities that we were dealing with with Patch's dementia. And obviously, as he has frontotemporal dementia, so it's pretty aggressive. And uh, it affects speech and uh, language. So we knew that it was going to be fairly soon that he would have to fully retire. And so after his diagnosis in, I guess, I guess it was 2017, uh, we knew it, we had to do it pretty quickly. So as I wrote The Incredible Race, I had in mind that that might be Patch's last adventure. Well, I was writing the story and he was still doing very well. And so I thought, well, I'd hate to, you know, have it be the last adventure and then he could have done another so that's when I came up with the idea of doing a cliffhanger, which since then I have gotten <laughs> hate mail and uh, not, not really, but I had some people that were very, uh, had very strong opinions about uh, doing the cliffhanger. Uh, but that's what caused the cliffhanger. We got near the end. I was like, you know what? I should just, I'll cut it here and do a big grand finale send off and, and be able to use patch on two adventures instead of just one. And we had never done a cliffhanger uh, with Patch, and so I knew people would be uh, wouldn't be expecting it, and it, it really did shock people. The day it released, immediately we just got floods of, I can't believe you did that. You know, it's like, <laughs> when does the next one come out? It better not be a year. You know, so, but it was, uh, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, there is going to be another one. And so then Final Voyage was kind of the, the completion of The Incredible Race and really got to do what, which is what I really wanted to do, have a big send off, make it a real, um, you know, just a real unique thing because you, you can't really replace Patch. And we had kind of gone through that with other um, audio dramas and, and, and even TV shows or whatever ha had replaced main characters with other voice actors. But with the nature of what we do, you, we, you know, we use music and, and speech and, and to replace the singing voice even, it would just it would be too difficult. I, and I just thought it, people would know and I just thought, why not just have Patch officially retire and not try to replace him with an actor that sounds similar and just we can weave the storyline and just you know, keep it going rather than you know, having to keep him at the helm. And since then, I think it's really turned out kind of I like it a lot. It gives so much um, freedom to where you go with the story. And even just the it's, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next. And I think it keeps people asking and wondering, you know, what's going to happen in the next adventure? Who's going to, you know, is somebody going to officially take over in a more concrete way? So I think The Final Voyage, it's a two-part uh, CD. It's the longest one we've ever done. It had the most voice actors, biggest budget, most music. I mean, just all around, it was uh, kind of pulled out all the stops, brought tons of old characters back. And it was actually kind of ironic because all of them are old. 
because the series is so old, you know, 40 years, bringing all these, <laughs> they were joking. It was like a retirement community, uh, which it wasn't really, but all of the characters were joking. They're like, well, we're way too old to be doing this. They did it when they were in their you know, 30s and now they're all in their 60s and 70s. Anyway, so yeah, that was kind of the inspiration for it. And really, I, I was very happy with the way it turned out. And I think it gave like even space emotionally to deal with kind of the retirement and to deal with change. And I thought it was such a good theme for kids, for families, because that's it's a reality, like having people go through health things and go through age and retirement and even loss of grandparents and, and parents. And, you know, they're things that we typically don't even think about or mention or deal with in the kids' entertainment space. And so I, I really was kind of glad we did it because it and we've had people comment on that it's like you you, your kids have to process emotionally the the thought of patch retiring and being gone and that sometimes things do change and it you know it's a natural part of life and god you know has a plan and you and things move on and you you know know it's best even if it's you know hard and it's not something you would you, you would choose so we didn't obviously specifically talk about dementia and stuff like that but just the themes of knowing that things are changing and he's retiring and and there is a sadness to it although all, there's also you know the humor and, and excitement for the future mm-hmm. yeah i i'm speaking here as a longtime fan when i listened to that i listened to that with my entire family and my sister she's married now and has kids of her own and we actually saved it um, for a time that we would be all, all be together and we played it um, for her. And I have to tell you, we shed quite a few tears listening near the end of that album. And yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was bittersweet. It was so much fun. We were like, you know, like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's this person, this person. And uh, bringing some like the old music and the songs and that kind of back. It was, I think it was a perfect send off for Patch. It, it was a lot of fun. And the characters, too, hearing a lot of the old characters come back was really fun, too. But even as long as those stories were, um, I'm sure there's probably some other characters and places that you weren't able to add to the story. Were there some that didn't quite make the cut? Oh, yeah. If I had had my way, I think it would have been three CDs. Um, (laughs) But I was was told, like, no way (laughs) because of what happened with the... I was like, if you don't completely finish the story, <laughs> you're going to get, you know, hate mail and you might, you know, they might graffiti the, the building here. Have mutinies. <laughs> no. but, yeah, but, so, but, we, but then I ended up sticking an end that did leave something open-ended on the end of Final Voyage. So, it, like, I still got, like, the final, <laughs> like, I, you know, I, it, it does come to a concrete ending, but there is an allusion to something future that's going to maybe uh, bring back and, and maybe try to change some things about it. But but yeah, I think there, there were a lot of characters that I really wanted to bring back. Uh, some of the uh, voice actors, you know, like I said, being 40 years old, as you can imagine, some of them have passed away. Some of them are, you know, are across the world. <laughs> so, um, you know, missionaries. So it's, it's hard to, you know, get them. You know, I guess we could do something like this uh, where, you know, we try to record it remotely. But what we actually did, everybody came in studio. So we were somewhat limited uh, by that. But yeah, I would have liked to even go to some more of the places because I had certain favorite characters uh, that I liked. I did get to bring most of my favorite characters back, um, which I know that absolutely um, influenced it because I always loved uh, Sweet Vidalia with one of my favorites and um, the entire Great American Time Machine. Uh, the rats were always my favorites. So um, anyway, so I got to bring those guys back. But uh, yeah, we didn't quite get to bring bring everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you did a good overview of most all the old albums. There's like there's like a little bit or even if there wasn't an actual place or a character on there, just the mentions like um, for uh, the land of Christmas and uh, Lumbago and stuff like that were, you know, really fun Easter eggs. Yeah. Like snuck them in. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what, that's what I was trying to, I was trying to think how could we like for somebody that really is a patch fan and has followed a lot of the albums uh, over the years um, or grew up on it and has, you know, taken a hiatus for a while and comes back. I want them to hear it and be like, wait a second, wait, wait, I think I know, I know what that is. <laughs> Even if it's over, you know, some kids or some people's heads, you know, it, it'll still, it'll be fun for the, the true Patch fan. Mm-hmm. So I know you've worked on several Patch Pirate albums so far. Is there a favorite one that you've worked on? Of the six that I've done? Yeah. I think we're, I think, 
We might be at seven. I actually <laughs> I can't remember. I'm working on the new one right now. So I'm, tr- I'm uh, kind of getting things about that one that I'm thinking about that are confusing me. But I think my favorite that Megan and I have done or my favorite story that I've written is probably Ocean Commotion. But, but it is hard. I'm very partial to, to Mystery Island. Something about that one, uh, just a lot of the things, the themes kind of hit. And really, it's the same for, for Ocean Commotion. I just love the way the themes kind of fell together. And they were, made connections and tied things up uh, in ways that I was very happy with. Uh, and then there's like, you know, very memorable characters. You can't beat Wise Guy. If I could just have Wise Guy as like a perennial, you know, <laughs> like villain, <laughs> like all the time there, I think I would. But, you know, of course, I'm not going to do that. But I, I do wish like I, I in fact, I, we talked about a Patch the Pirate podcast. And I was like, I think I might just make Wise Guy the host. And he's like perpetually like taking over the podcast and just let him kind of do his thing. But, you know, he's in uh, in Ocean Commotion. But then in Mystery Island, uh, there's some like that who the, the, the swordfish is definitely one of my favorite characters. And he'll definitely be making appearances in the in the future. And I loved in Mystery Island, I specifically loved the, the crew got more like character development. So you like got a little bit more from pistol and and alberta and pedal like you kind of saw more of their personalities or something uh and I, so i was really happy and i've heard that like i think kids seem to really like that one so maybe that one's my my current favorite but it's it's close with ocean commotion so do you have a favorite album that you didn't work on like one that you listened to growing up yes that's i actually almost said that i was like so th- those are my favorite of the ones i've worked on my my favorite patch adventure is a is a difficult question because I loved Down Under as a kid. That was Down Under and Great American Time Machine were probably my favorite. And my brother and I, we would always ask to listen to the Great American Time Machine. And that's one, I think it's because of the history or something uh, that maybe we identified with. Uh, but I, I did always love Down Under as well. But so one, it would be one of those two, for sure. Yeah. Well, I I think one of my favorites is probably... Uh... Oh, the older ones, uh, Once Upon a Story Night yeah. is one of my favorites. It's a classic. Um, yeah, I know. My sister loves that one. I think she really likes Harold the King, too. I'm not sh- quite sure which of one of those is her favorite, but those are some very well-played albums in our home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the, the really all of the best Patch Adventures, because there, there is like a certain group that are the best. And I, all of them, it's it's they just have certain characters that just – just crush it they they come out and they're so memorable and cartoonish they just jump right out of the speaker and uh yeah and i think in starry night you've got so many great actors and jungles like that back to back so many great actors uh that make up the the cast uh that just made it made it great <laughs> so you and your wife megan um write the scripts now and the, and all the songs how do you two go about writing scripts and how is that different than writing the songs? So I love writing the stories. That's my first love, if you will. Um, Megan loves the music. I also do the music and she also does some of the script. But I think that that's probably the easiest way to break that down. <laughs> she, the script almost uh, guides the music for me when I write a song it's it, the setting and the what's going on in the story almost directs me to oh and then then they just need to break into song and do this and then if, then I jump right into the lyrics and it's very um, like almost story centric or story based and Megan's a little different she gets more of a concept for a song um, and then she's she has a lot more musical training than I do she just enjoys more of the the arranging and the composing process and and I think is more more gifted at it. I really just like the melodies and the lyrics. I, I'm more of a word person. That's my uh, that's I love the scripts and I did acting in in the past at long before Patch and uh, did stage acting and stuff like that. And so I I love the scripts and she loves the music. <laughs> so that's a that's a an easy way to to break it down. We well, talked about acting there. You've played several roles, and in the series, you play Commodore, which is Princess's husband. I know you've played several other roles on the show. Um, has it been a favorite role of yours to play? I, so I actually haven't played that many roles on the Patch Adventure. I keep wanting to, and I pick ones like I was supposed to be the Swordfish, 
uh, in Mystery Island. I wrote that character for like to play because I th- I thought it was such a great character. But then when we recorded it, I had to f- do a sword fight. Uh, I, well, I don't want to give spoilers away, but anyway, the two characters that were both supposed to be played by me actually interact with each other. And we knew that was going to be an issue because as I was yelling at myself and making the noises, even when we tried to, we were going to kind of play around with the the sound, you know, and kind of bring the voice up or down or something. And no matter what we did, it was so painfully obvious that both of them were me. <laughs> I was both the Commodore and the Swordfish, even though the Swordfish had a French accent. So we actually last second had to recast that uh, part. And and then he ended up being better than me, which <laughs> which I'm a little bitter about, but it's so good that I'm okay. Anyway, but I think my favorite one that I actually have played is the rat, Crazy Ivan, on Final Voyage. He's really over the top, and um, that's probably my favorite one. It, it, it brought back everything about the uh, Great American Time Machine that I loved. And one of the main bad guys wasn't available to do it. So I kind of came up with this new character that's taken over Bonkin Land, you know, who's kind of a mix of a Russian czar and, you know, and Lenin (laughs) somehow mixed together. All right. So you talked a little bit about Mystery Island. Um, Could you give a quick summary of it for those that haven't listened to it yet? Yeah. So it's the like I said, it's the newest one. It just came out a couple months ago. And it kind of takes us, it's not a spoof, but it's in that world of uh, whodunit, uh, you know, mystery uh, genre that we had not really ever done before. It incorporates a lot of those, you know, things from that genre. And that's my favorite part about it. It starts and it's got kind of the the rumors of a ghost and, you know, who's trying to keep people off the island. and, And then there's flashbacks to something that happened in World War II and uh, so it's kind of like, you know, got that kind of, is it a ghost? Is it a somebody that's, you know, in a, in a um, military or you're trying to somebody that's trying to steal the island. There's a, a lady that's trying to film a movie on it. And is she trying to scare people away? Anyway, so it follows the crew as they investigate this island that Patch has sent them on. And actually going back to what I was talking about earlier with, I thought that the last one Patch would be on was Incredible Race. Well, then we ended up using him on Incredible Race and Final Voyage. And then I was able to use him again just very briefly in uh, Mystery Island. Uh, He reads uh, part of the journal because one of the things that happens at the end of the Final Voyage, they find a journal that is Patch's journal, and he's basically left them this book of, you know, it's a journal, but a book of wisdom that's going to lead them on future adventures. And that'll kind of tie in some of the adventures in the future for why they go, where they go. In this case, his dad uh, has always wanted him to go somewhere. And I don't want to give away too much, but the journal directs them to an island, a mysterious island, and they're going there to try to solve a mystery. And uh, coffee is very involved and uh, possible ghosts, but probably not. And uh, maybe a monster. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I've listened to it and it's it's quite fun. I was, you know, you know, I was not expecting it to be, you know, the same as, you know, without Patch. And I heard, I was really excited that Patch would have a small role in it. And, but even without that, I thought it was a very well done and um, still involved the character of him, you know, and, and reference and as, you know, as a deeper part of the story, which well well done on that. Yeah, well, we were really, I was very, very glad to, to kind of bring him back, even for a very small small part but to bring him back and and make him a part and i was worried um i don't know if worried is the right word but i was unsure of what what it would be like without him and uh you know he didn't have that big of a role in final voyage so it was like well yeah it'll probably be fine but i did kind of wonder it's like you know what do you do is there is there really a desire to have a patch of power adventure without patch at the helm and like that question was there and then when this one came out and it's, you know, had time kind of to, for people to get a hold of it and listen to it. And we are, we are so excited about the feedback and it, it's actually the best selling patch adventure that we have record of. And that was in, even in the time of COVID, which kind of blew our minds. But I think there was this excitement built up to, for people to see what was going to happen, uh, like what, what happens after patch is gone We've gotten so many people that were excited about it, loved it. The song "Coffee, Coffee, Coffee" is probably the most um, the, <laughs> the the song that we've gotten the most comments uh, on uh, of any song and possibly ever. 
Uh, so yeah, if you haven't heard it, you definitely want to check it out. And uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to many other patch adventures. And I think that it just kind of made it very clear that it's something that there's definitely an interest for, a desire for, and something that we want to keep doing. Well, you talked about the future a little bit there. Can you give us any hints of what will happen in the next album? I can't because, <laughs> because <laughs> there's several reasons. But part of the problem is I'm working on three stories and I haven't even decided for sure which one is going to be the, the one that we record in a couple months. So I don't have very much time to figure out, but I think I know what's going to happen. We still got, you know, McGreedy out there found the sands of time so that eventually has to be dealt with you know so so that might happen and we might have a storyline there or it may be one of the other uh, there's there's several that i think that people are really gonna like and i don't want to give away anything because i feel like if i start I, once i start talking i'm gonna divulge way more than i uh, want to <laughs> okay well uh can you answer this will we hear a pg in the next one oh see no i can't answer that that <laughs> because that's the whole uh I will say PJ and Herbert both are. See, I don't know if I should even say that. They're they're going to both. They're going to both um, make make a return, and they might even have their own story. So, okay, but we shall see. Awesome. (laughs) So, in addition to the story and song albums, there are other Patch Pirate productions like the storybooks and the live shows. Could you tell us about some of those? Yeah, so we have uh, three storybooks that we've done, and we're looking at uh, possibly doing the next one. Production on a lot of stuff actually slowed down just with the last year, you know, with COVID and and all that. So, but we still released the new patch adventure, and we're working on the next one. We also have a movie uh, that came out a couple years ago. It was our first kind of foray into uh, animation, and that was Operation Arctic Viking Invasion. I would love to do another movie, but it, if or when we do it. Um, it's going to be its own standalone story rather than animating an adventure. So, you know, keep an eye out for that to throw out a, a joke that Patch always loved to tell. Keep an eye out. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's probably that's probably eventually going to happen. And then uh, the live shows are something we've done for a couple of years where if you've never been to one, it's a lot of fun. A lot all the not all, but a good chunk of the voice actors come to a location. We've done it in, I think, 30 cities now across the country from Connecticut, San Diego, Florida, and everywhere in between. And basically, we just bring the cast and, and crew and kind of a setup of the Jolly Roger, and we put on the production uh, at, a, at a church or school or, you know, anywhere that has a stage that'll let us. And then we kind of, <laughs> we have this one, last year, we had this whole trip that was in uh, like Idaho and Washington, Oregon and uh, Northern California. And it was right when COVID hit. And so we've been like trying to reschedule, but with like the COVID lockdowns, there's no clear time. So at some point we might end up in the Pacific Northwest, but, but yeah, they're a lot of fun. You get to see the characters in person. You get to see wise guy or Vanessa. And then the, obviously the crew uh, is all there and it's definitely a, a lot of fun. It, and, and normally when we first did it, uh, we did the first one in Greenville, and we were like, oh, maybe some people would like to see some of the crew live. We could just do a concert. And we decided to do the live performance. And on the day of, it was like 30 minutes before the show, and the entire place, which is like a 1,200-person auditorium, was com- completely packed. And people were sitting all in the aisles, and they were like, we've gone over the fire code. And I was like, okay, we'll have to do more of these. You know, I think kids love – you know, kids – there's not a lot of – live shows that you know you get to go to you know especially for little kids so i yeah it's definitely the most fun thing we do so if you're ever if we're ever near you come check it out and you can find that on our facebook page uh, patch the pirate uh, facebook and and also on our website uh, and it has a list of the places that we're going all right awesome well you're also welcome out in the midwest too yeah um, <laughs> i live in oklahoma so tulsa tulsa would be a great way to, a great place to go yeah it would be you know what just tell somebody in tulsa that they need to have us <laughs> we've we've done dallas we've done longview um i think we're going to colorado so we've done you know kind of around you but but i don't think we've done oklahoma well i think that's all the questions i had for you today adam but thank you so much for doing this it's been a pleasure talking to you and learning more about the show and I hope our listeners, uh, if they haven't heard the show, will go and uh, listen to Patch the Pirate. And where can they go and listen to Patch the Pirate? 
you can pretty much find it um, on any of the stream major streaming sites, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. You can also download the albums at uh, majestymusic.com or patchpirate.com. We do have some of the newer albums are only available for either download through our site or CD on our site. So if you're wanting to find The Final Voyage or Mystery Island, uh, that's where to get those. But um, a lot of them are available on the major streaming and um, download sites like iTunes and Amazon. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Adam, for joining us. Yeah. And thank you for keeping the show going. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on. What a great conversation, chock full of information and some great anecdotes about the show and some of its history and just lots of fun there. Thank you. Thank you, Adam Morgan, for taking the time to do this interview. Thank you, Austin, for handling this interview. Uh, we really appreciate it. Of course, links to Patch and all of their stuff is in the show notes, as always. Thank you so much for sticking with me in this weird episode that was recorded in my car. Hopefully, next time around, we'll be back to normal programming and a normal setup. Um, we'll be getting back to the feedback segment. We do have some feedback that we want to address, especially uh, some great points from Ian, who sent in a nice email with some great questions. It's just better when all of us can address the feedback as lots of great discussions happen around the feedback segment. So I didn't want to um, try to tackle it on my own in this episode. Well, if you would like to get in touch with us, so many different ways you can do that. Our email address is feedback at audiotheatercentral.com. Our feedback line is 623-688-2770. And of course, you can always hit up the contact page on our website, which has all of the different ways that, uh, that you can get in touch with us. Well, again, thank you for listening. We do really, really appreciate your support. Be sure to check out all of the great reviews that have been happening on the blog. And stop by and check out Backstage if you can help give us some support. And be sure to tell a friend about ATC. Well, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Audio Theater Central is a production of Porchlight Family Media. Our theme music was composed by Sam Avendano. The show is produced and edited by yours truly, J.D. Sutter. Our website is audiotheatercentral.com. Of course, a plane would choose to fly over right at this very moment when I'm trying to record. I sure hope I'm not forgetting anything. All right, let's try this now. All right, I hit stop. Porchlight Family Media, your source for family-centered content. Porchlightfamilymedia.com.